This program is brought to you by W. W. Norton and Company, publishers of Poetry Unbound by Patrick Otuma. Now in paperback and featuring immersive reflections on 50 powerful poems. Hi, I'm Brenda Shaughnessy, author of The Octopus Museum and Our Andromeda and Poem A Day guest editor for the month of March. I hope that you enjoy today's offering brought to you by the Academy of American Poets. Hi, this is Leah Lakshmi Piepshna Samarsinga, and I am reading the poem Femme Futures. Femme Futures. Where does the future live in your body? Touch it. One. Sri Lankan radical women never come alone. We have a tradition of coming in groups of three or four, minimum. The Theranagama sisters may be the most beloved and famous, but in the 20s, my upama and great aunties were the wild Alvis girls. Then there's your sister, your cousin, your great aunts, everyone infamous and unknown. We come in packs. We argue. We sneak each other out of the house. We have passionate agreements and disagreements. We love each other very much, but can't stand to be in the same room or continent for years. We do things like, oh, start the first rape crisis center in Jaffna in a war zone in someone's living room with no funding. When war forces our hands, we all move to Australia or London or Thunder Bay together. Or if the border doesn't love us, we are what keeps Skype in business. When one or more of us is murdered by the state or a husband, we survive whether we want to or not. I'm an only child. I may not have been born into siblinghood, but I went out and found mine, made mine. We come in packs even when we're alone, because sometimes the only ancestral sister love waiting for you is people in books, dreams, aunties you made up, people who are waiting for you in the clouds ten years in the future. And when you get there, you make your pack and you send that love back. Two. When the newly disabled come. When the newly disabled come, they come bearing terror and desperate. Everyone else has left them to drown on the Titanic. They don't know there is anyone but the abled. They come asking for knowledge that is common to me as breath and exotic to them as well being disabled and not hating yourself. They ask about steroids and sleep, about asking for help, about how they will ever possibly convince their friends and family they are not lazy or useless. I'm generous. We Crips always are. They were me. They don't know if they can call themselves that. They would never use that word, but they see me calling myself that, i.e. disabled, and the lens is blurring. Maybe there's another world they've never seen, where Crips limp slowly, laugh, have shitty and good days, recalibrate the world to our bodies instead of sprinting trying to keep up, make everyone slow down to keep pace with us. And sometimes when I'm about to email the resource list, the interpreter phone numbers, the hot chronic pain tips, the best place to rent a ramp, my top five favorite medical cannabis strains, my extra durable linocaine patch, it's about to expire, but don't worry, it's still good. I want to slip in a PS that says, 
remember back when I was a crip and you weren't yet? How I had a flare and had to cancel our day trip. And when I told you, you looked confused and all you knew how to say was boo as I was lying on the ground trying to breathe. Do you even remember that? Do your friends say that to you now? Do you want to come join us on the other side? Is there a free future in this femme of color disabled body? Three. When I hear my femme say, when I'm old and riding a motorcycle with white hair down my back. When I hear my femme say, when I'm old and sex work paid off my house and my retirement. When I hear my femme, myself, say, when I get dementia and I'm held with respect, when I'm between all worlds. When I see my femme packing it in, because crip years are like dog years and you never know when they're going to shoot old yeller. When I hear my femme say, when I quit my teaching gig and I never have to deal with white male academic nonsense ever again. When I hear us plan the wheelchair accessible femme of color trailer park. The land we already have a plan to pay the taxes on, see the money in the bank and the ways we grip our thighs back to ourselves. When I hear us dream our futures, believe we will make it to one, we will make one. I know the future lives in our bodies. Touch it. So um, to give some context for this poem, um, this is about this poem. <laughs> um, I wrote this poem in 2016, which is wild because that's six years ago and it feels like yesterday and it feels like around three lifetimes ago. And when I wrote this, Trump had just been elected and I was very newly in my 40s. And both of those things meant that I really, really needed a future for myself and I was having a hard time picturing what it would be like. Um... You know, back in the day, I co-ran a queer and trans people of color performance group called Mangoes with Chili, and we used to say at our shows that we were writing ourselves into history every time we performed, because there was so much less um, accessible performance and poetry and art by and for queer and trans, black, indigenous, and people of color in, you know, 2006 in North America. Um for me, I feel like I also had to write myself a future, and that's something that those of us who are mostly marginalized artists do a lot. Uh, my friend Gabriel Teodros is a rapper and MC, and he has a line in one of his songs um, that goes, they said we would die early, I couldn't believe 30. And, you know, for me, <laughs> that really rang true. I had a really hard time imagining, I, I was one of those kids who couldn't imagine that I lived over 25. And... um as all the things I am, as a disabled, mixed-race Sri Lankan, white, non-binary femme survivor, I had a really hard time imagining a future, so I made one up. Um, a lot of us die young because of the forces that want to kill us. So we lack those possibility models, as Janet Mock said, of like what these futures can be like that are free and that are still in the world. And so with this poem, it's a place where all these different threads of my experience and communities are coming together. Um, I feel that there's a part of it that's bringing together these Sri Lankan threads of imagining a future out of utter devastation, which Sri Lankan poets have done over and over again, like during different phases of colonization, during the Civil War, during everything that's happened afterwards. Um, we're always, you know, just imagining life that continues in deeply imperfect circumstances. Um, 
what people who are not disabled may not know is that disabled people are incredibly creative. Um, the ableism of this world is trying to kill us all the time. And in the face of that, because we resist and survive and out of the vibrancy of our bodies and minds that are different and that are not just like everybody else, we are incredibly innovative. You know, we're some of the most innovative people on the planet. Um, and this poem is also coming from being a queer femme and, you know, dealing with ageism, racism, classism, sexism, femphobia, ableism, that basically says that, you know, as a femme, you're only allowed to exist maybe if you're young and what society deems as pretty and decorative. But, you know, when you get older, your shelf life expires and you're either married or you turn into this kind of ogre or you just kind of crumple up and drift away. And, um... I wanted to say that part of the wild deliciousness of queer femme genders, particularly BIPOC and disabled ones, is that we refuse all that. Um, so this piece is also about me claiming my grown, surviving, older, haggard, hot porch with porch witch over 40 self. And it's really interesting to go back to it now. I'm about to turn 47 and just really remembering all of the ways that I've settled into being non-binary and older and disabled and autistic and femme and having a wild, beautiful pleasure garden of survival um, out of all of those places as I get older. So yeah, sometimes you write the future and then sometimes you make the future and it's really cool. Thanks so much. Poem a Day is the original daily poetry series featuring new poems by today's poets. Produced by the Academy of American Poets, this free digital series is made possible by you, our readers and listeners. Learn more about Poem a Day, and if you can, please consider supporting this work by visiting poets.org give.